Well, glad to see all of you here today in the house. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Actually, the Bible says that. It's good to be in the house of God. <clears throat> David said, I'd rather, I'd rather be, in so many words, five minutes in the house than a hundred years anywhere else because the importance of the house and the house represents God's word. First Timothy 3.15 says that the church, the house of God is the church and it's the pillar, the ground of truth. That's what's vital about the house is the truth is there. And today as we're finishing our series, our Sunday series on wealth and wellness, the last few weeks we've been talking about the heart, and we're going to finish that today, and uh, the, the subtitle to the message today is Harden Not. Don't harden your heart. And I, I really encourage you to go back and listen to the messages that we've talked about concerning wealth on these Sunday mornings since, eight, since the, the second Sunday in, in, in April, where we've talked about wealth and we've talked about the heart. And, and these last few messages that we've, that we've preached on the heart, I, I really encourage you, the, the, this message today, but also the others that we've talked about regarding the heart, I just really encourage you to, to make it, um, make it, an important investment into your life. It's not enough just to hear something once, but it's something that we need to hear over and over and over again and meditate on. And so I encourage you to do that. Amen? Um, our foundation scripture in this series has been 3 John 2. Beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers, even as your mind is renewed. God, God desires above everything else. It's not that the translation probably that was up there, but the, uh, but the King James is, I wish above all things, above everything else, that you prosper and be in health. And I don't know about you, but whatever is the most important thing to God, I want it to be important to me. Amen? And to prosper and be in health is most important to God, so I want it to be really important to me the same way. Can you say amen to that? How about you? Amen? We, we want that to be high on the list. Um, in Proverbs, and we, we read this, I don't know if we read this last week or, or the week before, but Proverbs chapter 4, um, <clears throat> Proverbs 4 and verse 20, says, My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Don't let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those that find them and health to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. One translation says, guard your heart with all diligence. Today I'm going to make and give you a challenge regarding this statement right here, guarding your heart. And I'm going I'm to say this to you, and, and I want you to think and meditate on this. But it's more important for you to guard your heart than it is to guard your finances. It's more important for you to guard your heart than it is to guard your destiny and where you're going and your career or anything else. It's more important to guard your heart than it is to guard your family. Wow, Pastor, that seems whatever. Because, he said, guard your heart with all diligence because out of your heart are the abilities to guard your finances, guard your family, guard your destiny, protect those kind of things because then your heart is right and your destiny is not about you. Doing things for other people is not a selfish thing, but it's a humility issue where we humble ourselves and we do the things that God desires. We're going to talk today about, about keeping ourselves in a place where our hearts don't become hardened. If, if you've 
If you've been born again for any time, and you've listened to the word for any period of time in your life, that there is and will be lots of opportunities for you to allow your heart, if you're not guarding it, to be hardened and become familiar with the preached word. People don't think so. People underestimate what I'm saying to you today. But the Bible is absolutely clear about it. He said, guard your heart with all diligence. For from from that flow the issues of life. How do you guard your heart? We've talked about it over the last few weeks, but I'm going to mention this to you again. Giving you four ways to guard your heart. Number one, you watch what you say. Number two, um, what you do with your thoughts is vital. You're not held accountable for thoughts that come to your head, but what you do with the thoughts. Can you say amen to that? Number three that we've talked about in the last few weeks is, and these are ways to guard our hearts, is to, to, to really be aware of what you listen to, advice you get from people, um, ideas and, and information that people give to you that actually doesn't line up with God's Word. That, and, and a lot of times... Things that other people may say to you may sound good, but if you're not busy guarding your heart and judging what you hear, and then taking kind of a, you know, in your own life, doing a, you know, a judgment of what you spend time the most listening to. Because I promise you, if you spend more time listening to everything else, and, and about this much time of the Word, that's not going to be enough to overcome all the ideas and the thoughts that you have in your head. I'm just telling you what the Word says. And the fourth thing that is just the result of the other three is, is what am I doing with what I'm hearing? Right? What, what am I doing with the confessions that I'm making on a daily basis. When I know to do right, God wants us to do it. But I've told you this over the last few weeks, that the power to do right, for your actions to be right, is in the seed itself. So the actions will follow if I'm aware of what I'm saying, I'm aware of the things that I'm listening to, and how I perceive what's going on out there. I'm not just taking any type of advice that comes along. I want advice that's going to advance my life. Can you say amen? So in Mark chapter 4, we've read most of this, but I want to look at two translations of four verses. Mark chapter 4 and verse 21. And I want to look at it first in the, um, in the message translation. Verse 21, it says, Mark 4 and verse 21 in the message, Jesus went on, does anyone bring a lamp home? Remember, he's talking about, and we've studied this over the last couple of weeks, he's talking about the the parable, it's the parable of the sower, and Jesus said, if you don't understand this, you're not going to understand anything else. And, And the soil represented the condition of people's hearts. And every one of us in here at different times in our lives, our hearts, the soil of our heart has to be plowed up and it has to be softened, right? And, and, and we have to come to a place where we're open to receive God's way, even in the midst of all kinds of things that come, come against us. And he gave just a plethora of different things that can come against your life and try to stop you. God doesn't want you and I stopped. He wants us constantly in an overcoming place. That's why we have to guard our heart. Guarding your heart is more important than anything else in your life because out of your heart, you deal with the issues of life. And for you and I to deal with the issues of life based on how God thinks, it comes from guarding our heart. He said, so does, does anyone bring a lamp, and the lamp and the light represents the Word of God, does anyone bring a lamp or a light home and put it under a wash tub or beneath the bed? Don't you put it on a table or on the mantle? 
We're not keeping secrets. We're telling them. We're not hiding things. We're bringing things out in the open. What is he talking about? The condition of our heart. We're not here to hide stuff. Your heart, my heart, needs to be exposed. I'm not talking about to the whole world. I'm not talking about to anybody that can't handle it. I'm talking about the Word exposing things inside of you so you can become everything God wants you to be. God wants you and I to be people He can trust so we'll accomplish His will in the earth and not ours. And to do that, His will for you has to become yours. Not my ideas of what I think I'm to do and why I'm here on planet earth, but His ideas working in me. Verse 24, listen carefully to what I'm saying. And be wary of the shrewd advice that tells you how to get ahead in the world on your own. He said, listen carefully to what I'm saying and be wary of the shrewd advice that tells you how to get ahead in the world on your own, which it's all wrong. You'll never get ahead in life on your own. So here's here's what he's saying. Giving, not getting, is the way. Generosity begets generosity. Stinginess impoverishes. Look at the New Living on those last two verses, the New Living Translation. Pay close attention to what you hear. This is the New, did I say New Living? Yes, New Living Translation. Pay close attention to what you hear. The closer you listen, the more understanding you will be given. That's what God's after. See, if, 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 I'm, if I'm locked up in my, in my ability to understand, then I'm not any good. Not only am I not good for myself, I'm not good for other people when I'm locked up in not understanding the things of God. At the end of the day, this revelation, yeah, it's for me, but very little of it's for me because God has already got me covered. This revelation is for me to help other people with. What, 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 what did the last one say? Giving or generosity, it, it produces advancement, prosperity, but stinginess holding back because what he's talking about right here, the stinginess is not, is not specifically talking about in the financial realm. The stinginess here is talking about the revelation that's coming to our hearts. People get stingy. Do we bring a lamp home and put it under the bed? Let's turn the lamp on and put it under the bed, make sure the sheets are covering it. Like in the message there, he said, that this, is a, this is about... Not keeping secrets, it's about the secret things being revealed so that, so for who? See, all the secret stuff in your life is not for the world to see and everybody else to see, it's for you to see that God's been trying to reveal to you to help you to overcome and get in a place of advancement. Some of the stuff that, that Fabian was talking about in his own life, part of it is a result of the fact that he's a tither and a seed sower, but another part of it is that he's learned and continuing to learn how to guard his heart, how to deal with areas of your heart. So you can be a tither but not deal with your heart, and and what happens is it's like there's bronze over that open heaven. Things are like pushing it down because I'm not dealing with my heart. I'm telling you today, this is the most important thing. It's more important than you working out all these other details in life Guard your heart, then you'll be able to deal with the issues of life. Amen? Make sure your heart is right. In this last message, and I encourage you to go back and listen to what we're talking about today, be sure that you go back and listen and pay attention to some of these things and meditate on it and let God reveal to you how that relates to you. One of the Well, wait, wait, I was going to make a statement, but let me finish this. Verse 25. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given. But for those who are not listening, even what little understanding they have, why do they have little understanding? Because they're not listening. And maybe they're just partially listening. 
Maybe they're just listening until things get difficult. Maybe they're just listening until an offense arises. Even what they have will be robbed. No, watch, watch this. See, if, if I'm not really, if I'm just in the beginning stages, and you go back to the soils in Mark 4, if I'm just in the beginning stages of developing my heart, there's all kinds of opportunities that come that try to steal the word is what that passage says. All these things arise to try to steal the word. So if I let the word be stolen in the, in the, in the early days of, uh, of my life, you know, God's mercy is there and the power is there to overcome those things. But the longer I walk, see, the enemy wants to get you to be offended by things. So the offense comes and robs you and then you begin to realize, you know what? There's no real fix or answer in this situation. In other words, the word doesn't have the answer, and that's a lie. And when we're not guarding our heart, and we're not making sure that those four things that I mentioned to you, everything else flows out of those four topics of how to guard your heart. I promise you, everything operates from right there. Because in the seed of the word itself is the power for you to make the changes you need to make. To underestimate the importance of what you're hearing today, what you hear when you hear the word preached and then doing something with it, to underestimate that will cause the end to be destruction. Now, what I want to look at today is humility, just in the rest of the time, two passages of Scripture. I'm going to read, I'm going to look at two verses of Scripture and then two passages of Scripture real quickly. But humility versus hardness. Everybody say hardness. Now, the passages of Scripture, one in the Old Testament, one in the New that I'm going to read, um, these passages of Scripture, all, all Scripture is inspired by God, and the Scripture has to relate to where we're at today in light of what Jesus has accomplished. Okay? But none of the scriptures, none of the passages of scripture are, no scripture doesn't relate to you in one form or another is what I'm trying to say. All scripture relates to us in one form or another, okay? It's just not as direct as it might be like one of the passages I'm going to read to you was to the Jews, it was to the to. Israel coming out of Egypt, okay, and certain things that were spoken there don't relate to us because of the blood of Jesus, but some of the content relates to us if we choose not to guard our heart. You got what I'm saying? Okay, so there's a difference in the way to look at it. So you never have to be condemned if you hear a word and it challenges you. Actually, you need to learn how to rejoice when the word challenges you. Can you say amen? Okay? So, follow me in these two verses. Let's see if I hold to and I am truthful about two verses and two passages. Everybody hear that? Okay. Say, I'm holding you to it. No. Okay. Proverbs 28 and verse 13. People who conceal their sins... They conceal the secrets. Remember what he just said? This, is, this isn't about hiding secrets. It's about revealing. Those who conceal will not prosper. But if they confess and turn from them, in other words, if we learn to guard and deal with our heart, they will receive mercy. Everybody say, I love mercy. Amen? Without mercy, we'd be toast. We'd all be smoking right now, amen, Without, if it wasn't for the mercy of God. So, see, you see how that verse of Scripture relates to me? If I'm holding on to my secrets and things in my own life, and I, I'm holding back, and I don't want to admit or deal with myself, then I won't prosper. I can't advance because God can't trust you, and He can't use you if He can't trust you. Doesn't mean He doesn't love you. Everybody say, God loves me. I promise you, God loves you. He has a destiny and a plan before the foundation of the world. It was created for you. And he wants to see that plan manifest in your life more than you do. Okay? Did you hear what I'm saying? Okay? 
but it can't if you don't, if you don't guard your heart. Next chapter, 29th and the 25th verse. We read this several times in the last few weeks. Fearing people is a dangerous trap. Now, what's he talking about right there? Being afraid of people? No. Well, yeah, yes, yes and no. The Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And that's not being afraid of God. That's honoring and reverencing that God is who he says he is. So to look at people that way and to believe that people have the ability to control your future is a trap. But trusting the Lord means safety. New America, uh, uh, well, I'm in, the, I'm in the wrong translation. I don't want to read it out of there. Um, fear of man brings a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord, and this is in the New King James, shall be safe. One translation says, they'll live in a safe place. Whew. Man, when, when you go through the parable of the sower and the soils, the first three soils, and you look at all the things that rob you from the word, they steal, they steal the word that's been sown in you. When you look at all those things, and you can say, it doesn't, li- listen, Everybody gets attacked. We all live in the same boat. Attacks come. Fear comes. Stuff comes against you. But when you are, when you're developing and guarding your heart by those four things that I mentioned to you, and you're able to take fear thoughts, fear ideas, even ideas that don't line up with God, you know, they may be perverted ideas. They may be lustful ideas. They may be greedy ideas. They may be all kinds of things. When thoughts like that come, but you've been guarding your heart, then all of a sudden, when that fear comes, you're able to shut that thing down, and none of those conditions that he's talking about in those three soils have any place in you, then what he said happens in the fourth soil is where you begin to live. God wants you and I to live in that place. As Fabian said earlier, don't take away from the word. Don't add to the word. Don't take away from it. Don't add to it. Just let the word be what it is and let the word be the power it was created to be to empower you to be on the receiving end. That's where you and I are. Now, Hebrews 3 and verse 7. And I'm going to read two passages, and I'll bring it to a close. Hebrews, what did I tell you? Oh, three, yes. I, that's why I was, on, I was in seven. Three and seven. There we go. Um, so I'm going to read a bunch of Scripture, but I'm just going to make a couple of points. Verse 7, and th- this is an account of, of those in the wilderness who were led out of Egypt and how they handled that whole situation. He says in verse 7, Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. And in the day of trial in the wilderness where your fathers tested me and tried me and saw my works for 40 years. Therefore, I was angry with that generation. And he said, they always go astray in their heart. And they have not known my ways, so I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest. Beware, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. What do we just read in Proverbs? Those who conceal their sin, they don't deal with their sin. What happens? It's a trap. It's a trap from the enemy. He said, for we have been, verse 14, 
For we have become partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end while it is said, today if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. That's the third time he said that. And he says several other things right there. And then in the fourth chapter, in the first verse, therefore since a promise remains of entering his rest, let us fear lest any of you seem to have come short of it. For indeed, the gospel was preached to us as well as to them, but the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. For we who have believed do enter that rest, as he has said, so I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Although the works were finished from the foundation of the world, for he has spoken in a certain place of the seventh day in this way, and God rested on the seventh day from all of his works, and again in this place, they shall not enter my rest. Since therefore it remains that some must enter and those to whom it was first preached did not enter because of disobedience, again he designates a certain day saying in David, today, after such a long time as it is, has been said, today if you'll hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Four times in one page he talks about hearing and not hardening. Hearing the word, hearing what God is saying, and not hardening your heart. The word hardened, the word hardened in the Greek is defined as this. To make callous, stubborn, to make unfeeling, (laughs) to make unfeeling. In other words, to have no feelings where your choices are concerned. Ah, whatever. Ah, it'll just be whatever. No big deal. I I, I don't care. No feeling, callous, stubborn. Listen to me. One of the major, the one of the major weapons in the enemy, in Satan's arsenal, is stubbornness. We live in Texas, and stubbornness is almost viewed as a virtue. Well, you know, he got it. He's just a stubborn old guy, just pulled himself up by his own bootstraps, and he got it done. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with some tenacity and some get up and go and do what you need to do. But how many know there's good things to do and then there's God things to do? Amen? And some of the good things that we do can seem right. And the, listen, the Bible's got the answer for everything. There's a way that seems right, but the end is destruction. See? And how do you figure that out? You guard your heart. How do you guard your heart? By the four things that I gave you. I'm going to guard my heart. I'm not going to let anything stand in the way of God using me and prospering me and advancing me because he created all of us that way. So if Jesus said in Mark chapter 4, if you don't understand this principle, then how will you understand anything else? You won't. You won't understand. And actually what happens, and, and I said it to you earlier, the more you have heard the word, there, 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 is, a, there is, an, is a greater opportunity for your heart to become hardened to the hearing of the word. You have to work at keeping it fresh and real. And, and, and I can testify to you, I've been saved for over 40 years. I've been listening to the word taught for over 40 years. And I'm more hungry today than I've ever been. I'm more hungry today for the teaching of the Word than I've ever been. I listen to more Word preached today than I ever have in my life, ever, on purpose. And, and what's happened is I'm not making myself listen to the Word. I turn it on because I want it. And that's what happens. See, when the seed of the Word does that to you, it changes. That's how you guard your heart. Remember, guard your heart with diligence, for out of it 
springs the issues of life, the ability to deal with the issues that you face in life, all have to do with the condition of your heart. All of it. You and I were created to enter that rest and to be at peace and be in a place of calm. I don't care what the waters look like. It can be tsunami blowing through your house. And God is faithful to his word. Can you say amen? Exodus chapter 8, and, I'm, and I'll end with this passage here that I'm going to read. Exodus chapter 8, and I'm going to start reading in verse 5. <clears throat> the opposite of being hardened, when in, in, in Bible terms... Um, the opposite of something being hardened is to be softened. And what softens our hardened hearts at times where they get hardened and they get calloused, they get bitter, they get stubborn. I don't want to make the change in my life. What, what does that is, is humbling ourselves. Humility brings our heart to a place of softening. And God wants your heart and the soul of your heart to be pliable and easy to entreat the seed of his word. As you get the seed of the word down in there and it begins to bear, it begins to, to connect and, and, and the soul begins to take over and it begins to function and, and the process of, of that seed going in the ground and producing fruit starts. Man, it, you stay on the word and you, you and listen, when the water, when the word waters your seed, Anybody ever water your plants out back? And then, and, and, and sometimes it's like, you know, you even put some of the plant food in there and, and you water them with that and it's kind of good. But man, on the day when the rains come, whew, I mean, there's something in that rainwater that causes your flowers to just go. And that's the water of the word. It makes your life and the seed that you're planting on the inside of you to go. Things begin to happen. It's in the seed itself where the power and the ability to accomplish in our life is, is in that seed itself. God does not want these hearts hardened. I just want to look at this one example of the hardest heart in the Bible. <laughs> and I want to just, I, I saw something in this passage that I want you to see. I think it'll help you. We're going to. We're going to look at the guy who, who's the hardest heart in the Bible. Pharaoh. Uh, Hebrews 8 and verse 5. And, and we, we could read for, for the next two hours over this story right here, but I just want to make a point. And um, in, in this passage, I'm, I'm going to start with verse 5 that starts with the second plague and just going to read, a, read over a couple of the plagues and notice some of the wording here. But in verse 5, it says, this is, the, the first plague was, what was the, oh, the water, uh, the water turned into blood. Remember? Uh, that was the first plague. Then the second plague is the frogs. Um, verse 5, then the Lord spoke to Moses, then, then the Lord spoke to Moses, say to Aaron, stretch out your hand with your rod over the streams over the rivers and over the ponds and cause frogs to come up on the land of Egypt. So Aaron stretched out his hand over the waters of Egypt and the frogs came up and covered the land of Egypt and the magicians did so with their enchantments and brought up frogs on the land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh called for Moses and Aaron and said, entreat, entreat the Lord that he may take away the frogs from me and from my people and I will let the people go. Did you hear what he said? He said, if you'll go to God, and you'll get God to remove these frogs. I mean, you're talking about, I mean, every cup of coffee he's having in the morning is full of frogs. Huh? He, 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 one of his guys out back uh, of, of the palace fried him a T-bone, and he's, he's fixing to eat the T-bone, and the frogs are already chowing down on it. I mean, it's nasty. There's frogs everywhere. Everywhere there's a frog. Can you say amen? And frogs are annoying right? They're kind of cute to watch them jump down the road as you run over them. 
you know. But, no, I don't run over. But they're kind of cute watching down the road. But, you, you know, if you've got a frog everywhere, if you've got a frog everywhere, you don't want that. He said, go to your God, tell him to let him go, uh, uh, tell, tell him to get rid of the frogs, and I'll let the people go. Um, verse 8, and Moses said to Pharaoh, accept the honor of saying when I shall intercede for you, for your servants and for your people to destroy the frogs for you and your houses that they may remain in the river only. Now, look at the wording right there. So, so Moses is saying this to Pharaoh. So, Moses is saying to Pharaoh right here, okay, so we see that you're upset in your heart about how your choice has brought a curse upon your land, on the people of Egypt, on your family, and your, your friends, and different people, and we see that, and so because of that, because of your heart softening, okay, we're going to go to God and get these frogs removed. <clears throat> that they'll all remain in the river. So he said, tomorrow, so he said, tomorrow. And he said, let it be according to your word that you may know that there is no one like the Lord our God. And the frogs shall depart from you, from your houses, from your servants, and from your people. And they shall remain in the river only. Then Moses and Aaron went out from Pharaoh and Moses cried out to the Lord concerning the frogs that she had brought against Pharaoh. So the Lord did according to the word of Moses. According to whose word? Now I promise you, I promise you in a big way, this relates to you and I. According to the word of Moses. According to the word of Bert Wimberley. According to the word of Lee Dunning, or your word. According to what we go to God about is where God honors us. He honors the circumstances and the situations that we face. Now the, magician, the magicians so worked with their en en enchantments to bring... Uh, where am I at? Oh, I'm sorry, I went too far. Um, so the Lord did according to the word of Moses, and the frogs died out of the houses. Notice, out of the houses, so they were all in the houses. Out of the courtyards and out of the fields, they gathered them together in heaps, and the land stunk. In other words, but when Pharaoh saw that there was relief, what happened? He hardened his heart, and he did not heed them as the Lord had said. What did he do? He lied. Now, anybody in here ever lied? Don't answer. <clears throat> I can just answer for you. Everybody's told some kind of a thing that wasn't absolutely true. Okay? Does that... Do you deserve to have your head cut off because you didn't say something exactly the way it needed to be said? No, we need to deal with our heart. I don't want to be a liar. Liars don't advance. They don't prosper, right? Hmm? I mean, growing up, I, 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 out of fear and fear of man and fear of people and situations, I found myself lying all the time when I was a kid. God don't want you and me lying. But he wants, you, you will not stop lying if you don't deal with your heart thoughts in your mind. Speak the word. Hear the right things. Be a doer of the word and meditating and listening to the right things. You won't stop that. So, circumstances were lifted, hardens his heart. Right? Third plague. So the Lord said to Moses, say to Aaron, stretch out your rod, strike the dust of the land, so that it may become lice throughout all the land of Egypt. And they did so, for Aaron stretched out his hand with his rod, struck the dust of the earth, and it became lice on man and beast. All the dust of the land became lice throughout all the land of Egypt. Now the magicians so worked with their en enchantments to bring forth lice, and they could not. So there were lice on man and beast. I don't think they brought forth frogs either. I think they just stole some of Moses' frogs. Anyway, that's just my, my thought. The, um, Then the magician said to Pharaoh, this is the finger of God. 
They go, they, they go to Pharaoh, who they say is God in earth, and said, this is God. His guys, right? But Pharaoh's heart grew what? Hard. He hardened his heart. And he did not heed them, just as the Lord had said, fourth plague, and we'll end with this plague. And the Lord said to Moses, rise early in the morning and stand before Pharaoh as he comes out to the water. Then say to him, thus says the Lord, let my people go that they may serve me. Or else, if you will not let my people go, behold, I will send swarms of flies on you and your servants, on your people and into your houses. Notice, notice he keeps saying this. He's trying to see if, if listen, this is going to come on your, your family, on your servants. It's going to come on your, all the people of Egypt. It's going to come all these people that are closest to you. And, and, and I think these words are trying to see what the condition of his heart. Remember, remember we read in several passages earlier this morning that giving and not thinking of ourselves first, but thinking about others is what causes prosperity. And here, we're finding out what the real condition of his heart is. The houses of Egypt shall be full of swarms of flies and also the ground on which they stand. And in that day I will set apart the land of Goshen in which my people dwell that no swarms of flies shall be there in order that you may know that I am the Lord in the midst of the land. I will make a difference between my people and your people. Tomorrow this sign shall be. And the Lord did so because Pharaoh didn't. Thick swarms of flies came into the house of Pharaoh, into his servants' houses, and into all the land of Egypt. The land was corrupted because of swarms of flies. Then Pharaoh called for Moses and Aaron and said, Go, sacrifice to your God in the land. And Moses said, It is not right to do so. For we would be sacrificing the abomination of the Egyptians to the Lord our God. If we sacrifice the abomination of the Egyptians before their eyes, then will they not stone us. We will go three days' journey into the wilderness and sacrifice to the Lord our God as we will command us. So Pharaoh said, I will let you go that you may sacrifice to the Lord your God in the wilderness, only you shall not go very far away. Intercede for me. Then Moses said, Indeed, I am going out from you, and I will entreat the Lord that the swarms of flies may depart tomorrow from Pharaoh, from his servants, and from his people. But let Pharaoh, watch this word, but let Pharaoh not deal deceitfully, no more lies, anymore in not letting the people go to sacrifice to the Lord. That was the last word to Moses, uh, from Moses to Pharaoh. So Moses went out from Pharaoh, and he entreated the Lord. And the Lord did according to the word of Moses. Again, he removed the swarms of flies from Pharaoh, from his servants and from his people, and not one remained. Now that's a miracle. Not one fly, not one pesky little fly, not one, not one, not one. But Pharaoh, it gets lifted, the pressure's off, and Pharaoh hardens his heart at this time also. Neither would he let the people go. And this happened. That was plague number four, and there were ten. And it happened again, and it happened again, and it happened again, and it happened again, and it happened again. And then when it happened again, all the firstborn in Egypt died. Pharaoh allowed not only his firstborn to die, but he allowed all of his friends, all of his family, everybody else's to die. Why? Because he hardened his heart. See, what he didn't realize was that at the end of this, at the end of this hardening of his heart, his whole life and country imploded. Why did I read you that today? Because I'm, I'm saying to you, God doesn't want your and my life, our lives, to implode. And the enemy's using stubbornness, but he's using a lot of other things 
to work against us because we won't guard with diligence our hearts. We won't guard what we say about other people. Listen, even if somebody's done you wrong, what God wants out of you is to take the high road and not the easy road. It takes faith to not be offended by someone that's done you wrong. It takes great faith. So some, some of the, the most difficult things in my life that I've had to walk through in people that have had attitude or things that, that they've said to me or about me or, or, ha, or had offenses for whatever reason, I've realized, what I've realized is through the years as a pastor, because my role and my responsibility is deeper than what I thought it was. See, but as a pastor, every pastor that starts out they're more about themselves than they are about their congregation. Why? Because they're in fear over certain things. Every pastor I've ever met is in fear of something that someone's going to do within their congregation. And along the way, what you realize is, is that your life has to sacrificially be there for people in ways that it wouldn't be normally. See, when, when there are people in, in, that are out there that you could go to with an issue or a problem in your life. And when you go to them, they, they may say things to you that, that they think you want to hear. As a pastor, I can't do that. I don't have the liberty to do that. Because to whom much is given, much is expected and required. And what that passage of Scripture is talking about is the, the responsibility to speak the truth into a situation. Not... Not, not having compassion and all those kind of things, but speaking truth. And when the truth comes, then a person has the choice whether they receive it or they don't. But you realize that pastors can miss it in the things that they say. They can say something to someone and they can miss it. And that's why you have to be not so much about yourself. Well, you know, I don't care if I missed it or not. I'm going to boot them anyway or do something, whatever you're going to do. You have that attitude, you won't be effective at what you're doing in dealing with people. Because people got issues and people have things. And you and I have to grow up and guard our hearts so that all of us can treat other people that way. And I promise you, it will prosper you. It will advance you. It will cause you to live on top and see things happen in your life that you never saw happen before. See, this doesn't seem inviting and it doesn't seem healthy and it doesn't seem, why, why should I waste my time for somebody else that I don't, don't even really care about? Because God shows you, you you're supposed to. I didn't say do that for everybody. I said to the people that God shows you to do. It's vital. Pharaoh didn't care about his family. Not, not, I mean, even after the firstborn died, he let him go and then he chased him down. And his whole nation imploded, or all his top soldiers and his warriors. I mean, I mean, because of his hardened heart, it caused his family to die, caused his closest friends, his officers, his people. I mean, I mean, just caused his whole world to implode. And God doesn't want that to happen with you. And you know what? You know what? This message today is not about trying to figure out how to not let that happen. This message is about doing it. <laughs> Be aware of what you're listening to. Be aware of what's coming out of your mouth. Be aware of how you act on and do the things that you're doing. Be aware of Stepping into the opportunities that God has when, they're, when, when, when they face you, when, when a potential is there for you to be offended and take the offense of someone else's, man, do something with it. Watch God work through you so you have a testimony to tell other people how not to be that way. Man, are we living in a world in a society right now where everybody's, I mean, everywhere you look, there's, there's a potential for offense. Things want to be offended. People want to be ugly. They, they have attitudes toward other people. I mean, it's, it's, it's a horrible thing. And what I'm seeing a lot of today, what I'm seeing a lot of in the years that I've been here and, and that I've pastored in this city, what I've seen a lot of is people where their hearts got hardened to the preaching and the teaching of the word. Man, 
my heart breaks. I mean, it breaks when I see people that just back off. You don't have to like everything that you see. You don't have to like everything that's going on. You don't have to like every person that comes along and all those kind of things. But you can't allow yourself to get away from the word and start reasoning in your mind and allowing your hearts to be offended and angry and frustrated because, man, it'll create destruction. And you know what you'll find yourself doing? You'll find yourself doing things that you would have never thought you'd do saying things that you would have never thought you'd do. Because without the strength and the power of the spoken word coming out of your mouth and you hearing it and meditating on it, you have no victory. You and I, I'm not saying you, I'm saying us. We have no victory without it. There's no victory. Harden not your heart. Do not allow your heart to be hardened. With all diligence, guard your heart because then you can deal with the issues of life. Amen? I believe in here today, I, I really believe that what I've spoken to you is not falling on deaf ears. I believe you're receiving what I'm saying today, and I believe your best days are ahead of you. Actually, I believe your best days are here right now and ahead of you. I'm going to say it again. I believe your best days are here right now and ahead of you. And Because, it, it, see, it's not month to month or year to year, it's day to day, it's, it's hour by hour, it's minute by minute, just walk and deal, walk and do those four things that I gave you, walk and do, walk and do, walk and do those things, live and do those things. When you're confronted with something and it takes time, back up, be able to pray in the Spirit, hear the voice of God, guard your heart, don't allow, make yourself listen to God before you say anything out of your mouth and before any action comes out of your life. Make yourself listen to God. And the more you do that, the more you become aware of how important it is to hear God and to do what He